0: July 21st, 2023. where are Beta, and daf La Medale We'll start right at the top of the Amud again. If you recall, the Gemara was talking about that last case, which was mentioned in the Mishnah. And the Mishnah talked about the fact that you're not allowed to, on Yom Tov, which means you're not allowed to heat up, you're not allowed to light a fire underneath tiles. And why would you be lighting a fire under tiles to begin with? You're going to be using that tile as a, as a mechanism to heating your food, maybe even to cooking your food and why you're not allowed to heat up that tile on Yom Tov. The Gemara sp- suggested at the top of the Amud two separate reasons. Uh, the first one says the Gemara, really reading from the first words on the Amud, she sarich, it was really she sarich It was dealing with new tiles, the Gemara told us at the bottom of Daflamit, Gimal Amud And uh, the issue over here is when you're dealing with these tiles upon which you're going to cook, And they're new, well, it's not clear exactly how well they were constructed. And as a result, you have to initially put it over fire to see is it going to break or not. It might shatter from the initial scorching fire underneath it. And therefore, it would potentially pose a problem on Yom Tov because although your intention is proper, although your will is correct, I want to cook on top of this uh, tile. I'm interested in using this tile. The fact that the tile might shatter through the initial, because it's the first time being used, the initial heat underneath it will turn out then that retroactively it was a tirhashe lo It was an inappropriate exertion of energy and, uh, and stress on Yom Tov. Uh, what were you doing that for, to make uh, shattered tiles? That safik, that doubt, invalidates and prohibits you from going about doing this in the first place. Question? Just on that note, I was thinking about this yesterday. Let's say someone's cooking and overcooks food and burns it. Is that an issue? But it's a, I, the answer has to be, Joe, is that in the moment of cooking, Joe's asking if you're cooking, and there's a fear I might uh, overcook it, I might burn it, so maybe all cooking should be asur. In that? the oh, moment well, of sure cooking... I understand, right? but you're in the midst of cooking food but directly. We'll yeah. even make such a point a little bit later in the Gimara where we'll see that uh, when we'll see from, or we'll talk about from Ran's approach to a certain matter, he makes a similar distinction at a later point in the Gemara. But again, it's, it's a proper question to a certain extent. First and foremost, though, the Torah explicitly tells us you prepare food. So it means that we disregard such a suffix. But secondly, you're in the midst of making the food. Over here, you're staged before it. These tiles are, are for that purpose, or are they read the titles? I imagine that for that purpose, Whatever. I imagine, l- listen, ultimately speaking on Yom Tov, it wouldn't per se matter, assuming that you're going to use it for some other purpose. In other words, you're not finishing the utensil per se, which will be the next issue in the Gemara, but you got what other thing would you use it for? I don't know. No, to get titles, get titles. No, 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 that you wouldn't but be able then to then do, because then you fit, why are you putting fire underneath it? Right, no, I'm, doing, I'm repurposing it for... Eating. I know, does it, would it make a difference? In other words, uh, J- Jeffrey's asking, are these tiles that you bought in the store, they're cooking tiles or are they tiles for the floor or for the walls and you're repurposing them for eating? I don't know if it would matter. Ultimately speaking, if you're using it for food... I imagine it would be, you know, technically speaking, okay, provided you didn't have this sort of issue. It says the Gemara ve'amrela, there's an alternative version or a suggestion with regards to what the problem of libun re'afim, again, heating up the tiles is. Me I think yesterday I read it lechosman, I think today you should read it as lehaseman. And Rashi explains that that word lehaseman means lehakshotem, it means to harden them. And the issue that you'll be dealing with over here is that since it's uh, according to Rashi the first time usage alternatively maybe according to others even a later usage Bam doesn't mention this first time usage in this context with regards to this problem but let's assume like Rashi it's the first time usage the problem specifically is not so much that it'll shatter for one reason or another we're not nervous about that we're specifically concerned with what you're certainly doing what are you certainly doing? by putting it into the flame or under on top of the fire you are finishing the tile you're hardening it well, that makes sense. I mean, I think. Uh, imagine tile, which so is made out of. Good, no possibly. Rashi certainly says, Rishon. so according to Rashi, this is only, uh, in other words, where's the Gemara said, that's going on both of these suggestions. The fact that Haram Bam leads it out, as do other of the uh, Rishonim, makes us understand that maybe with regards to tiles, even later usages would could be problematic because you're still hardening it along the way. All right, so those are the two suggestions. First suggestion again because of a potential Second suggestion, the Gemara, because of right, you're finishing the item. It says the Gemara, it will appear for the first several lines over here, like we're going completely off track, but the Gemara will then bring it back into our issue. The Gemara brings us for a few moments into a conversation about what's called I think we're somewhat familiar with the word terefot. I grew up, uh, the question always was is it kosher or is it treif? That's the way my mother said it. Treif meant not kosher in my house. So that's, I imagine, she got from her father. For, imagine in Eastern Europe, that's the way they referred to it. Taref specifically refers to, though, animals that were not dairy. I mean, you have not dairy, non kosher food, fu- dairy, non kosher food as well. But taref means an animal which, even though it was slaughtered in a kosher fashion, it had within it a certain blemish, a certain ailment or illness, which would have meant that it would die even irrespective of your slaughtering it fact that it would have died, call it unhealthy animal, makes it taref, makes it an, uh, uh, um, incapable of, of eating from, makes it not kosher. That being the case, there's a long conversation in Masechet Hulin and elsewhere about what are the tarefot? How do you determine them? How do you deal with them? Again, whenever we talk about uh, glot or not glot, effectively without getting into the details, we're talking about taref or not. We're questioning is this for svaradim or fashkanazim is it taref or is it not? We're not questioning the slaughtering. The slaughtering was done we assume kosher, the question was the animal, did the animal have a blemish in it that invalidated and made it unkosher because of that. Tenan Hatam says the Mishnah with regards to birds, if a person did one of the following three actions or had one of the following three actions done to a bird, um, you have a potential issue on many levels. Why would you do that? It's one issue, but specifically for us the issue will be the kosher uh, question, derasa if a person stomped on the animal, I don't know why, maybe by mistake, they stomped, they stood and stomped onto the animal, this uh, bird, but the bird's still alive, okay. Or, or you took it and threw it and slammed it against the wall. Also a terrible thing to do, I don't know why, maybe you thought it was something else, but ultimately speaking, the bird is still alive, but now we have to question, well, what's going on internally on that bird? How much longer is that bird actually living? Lastly, Behema u Or lastly, it was in some way uh, uh, bumped into by an animal and slammed into a harder surface of some sort, and now it's mefarkesit. <laughs> mefarkesit <laughs> means it's shaking. It's not per se fully standing, but it's shaking. So, in any of these three circumstances, you look at this bird and you say there's potential internal damage to this bird. What's the halacha with regards to if I want to eat the bird? Uh, says the Mishnah in Chulin. If you then waited, you then paused for means a 24-hour time period, you paused and waited to see will this, will this bird continue to live, and it does after 24 hours, and then you slaughtered it, kosher. What was and is the issue that we're concerned with? As I mentioned, there are many different types of terefot we talk about human ailments, we could talk about thousands of different ailments and illnesses and infections and diseases and so forth. With regards to animals, the rabbis understood it so as well. I mean, not thousands, but many, many primary terefot and other types of terefot. Over here, the issue, as Rashi explains to us, was specifically what's called risuk evarim. Lerasek means to crush, evarim means the limbs. The fact that any of these three actions happen to the bird, there's a fear that the internal limbs became crushed. How do you determine if they're crushed or Not crushed. Could you slaughter and then check? You can't check it. You won't be able to, say the rabbis. Many you can. This one you won't be able to see with our eyes whether it has crushed limbs, but they look like they're intact. Uh, You're not able to determine that. How is the one way to determine whether it has Risuke Varim? You wait 24 hours. If it's still alive, you can slaughter it without a question. That's the first statement here in the Mishnah. Chalas. You did one of these terrible things to it, it happened to it, it doesn't look healthy, whatever, it's alive 24 hours later, slaughter it quickly, it's kosher. Okay, it says the Mishnah, and the most important part for us, the last line, Amar bar Mishum Mishum Azar Ben Antignos Siricha Bedika. This last statement of Azar Ben Antignos is that nonetheless, even though you waited 24 hours and you dealt with the issue which we called risuk Evarim, the crushed limbs. All right, so that's not an issue. Nonetheless, after slaughtering it, need to check internally this, this bird. What are you checking for? Well, Rashi explains you're checking for one of the other terefot, one of the other invalidating potential problems internally. For example, Rashi says, maybe it has a split spine. Maybe something went wrong in that. Maybe its bones, not its limbs per se, became detached in some way or fashion. In other words, what you need to do is, even once you determine that its limbs are not crushed by waiting 24 hours. What's that? You already did the slaughter? Check it after the fact. If there's an issue, it's terefah. Ah, you know where we're going. Hang tight. It's not yom tov. Not young, okay, of course, it's as, as always, it's not Yom Tov. This Mishnah is talking about a regular yeah, circumstance. Okay, would that you be? Again, it was fine because it was alive 24 hours later. That means for me and you that it doesn't have Risuke Varim, it doesn't have crushed limbs. The fact that he found something else means it had a different problem from slamming it on the wall, from doing any of these things. You have a problem. No. no, 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 no. His statement is you need to check it and make certain it doesn't have those other issues. Whereas the first opinion says you don't even need to check for those issues. Right. What's that? According to what they're saying, it's and you don't have having a check. Or well, you, check along you, and well first and foremost, we go, especially, uh, we, we go very often based on majority of circumstances, right? In other words, there's, 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 we, play, we play and determine things based on majority, based on the role in many circumstances. Um, but yes, again, the point over here, more than anything, is even after that happening, the fact that it's 24 hours still alive, the statement nonetheless is, maybe that proves it has no internal issues, but nonetheless is you need to check it. The first opinion is only saying because even after that happening, your 24 hours doesn't have uh, So the question now in the Gemara will be, as Eli led us into, um, well, what's the status, what's the halacha on Yom Tob? Um, so I'm dealing with such an animal, and, uh, and understand the circumstance. I had the animal and I slaughtered it because I waited 24 hours but I haven't yet checked it. I'm going to check it afterwards. If I check it afterwards and I now find one of those internal problems, it was not kosher. I, in turn, would have a problem of slaughtering, quote, for no reason on Yom Tov. Am I allowed to go ahead and slaughter this animal on Yom Tov? So now, Jesse might ask in general on Yom Tov, how am I able to slaughter any animal? I'm gonna check the animal afterwards, am I not? We go based on majority in, in other cases. We say the reason it's permitted, which to a certain extent was the answer to earlier as well with cooking on. Onion, cooking on yom Majority of cases, I mean, again, I don't know that you need to go this far. Majority of cases, you're not going to overcook it. You know, I assume, as in my house. Um, but I think, um, I, you know, I think my in-laws are coming. Shabbat. So I don't know if it's the same thing. But anyway. But um, the statement, nonetheless, is um, is is in general, you go based on majority over here. Well, once I had an issue of this risuke varim, I watched it for 24 hours, it's still alive, but I know I need to check it afterwards because it's still a potential issue, says, this rabbi at the end of the Mishnah, am I allowed to slaughter with that suffix in mind, with that doubt in mind, on Yom Tov? Now realize that will bring us back to our previous conversation. Remember our previous conversation? The first opinion at the top of the Amud was that you're going to need to check this tile after the fires under it to see if it got shattered or not, to see if it got cracked from the heat. And the opinion in turn was it's asur to light the fire under it. Wouldn't that be parallel to this case? Shouldn't we say it's the same obir? Says the Gemara. Okay, are, you to to the are you allowed to slaughter on Yom Tov? Are you allowed to slaughter on Yom Tov? You're not allowed to slaughter to feed the dog. No, yeah. no, no. Lachem <laughs> velo lakelabim we saw. You're yeah. not allowed to do melacha for kelevim. It's a great so question. Can you? You, you cannot. No, of course. La kelev tashtechum. That's exactly. Well, what do you do? There was not an opinion that you're allowed. Agreed. Halacha. <laughs> La kelev lo. La kelevem. Said the Gemara. I don't believe that a guy that's whipping birds against the wall. Nah. It's not really too concerned with halachah. Maybe it was his child. Maybe it was his deranged cousin. That is, that is so. It still doesn't... So you're saying what? So the guy got all nervous and he did it as a result. That's so, what you're saying. don't know who the car. Who knows? Rabbi, I'm I, the I discuss the English, specifically that I did the action, or I saw the action being done to the animal, not I found an animal in the field and it could be an issue, right? In other words, when am I going to have this specific concern well, no, of waiting really 24 hours? If no. I was, if I see this I, wounded bird in the field, no, 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 an no, an no I, I know. did an action to the bird in my house. Correct, correct, correct. Says the Gemara, What's six lines from the top? Ba'aminah, rebir ma bizera, mahu tob. What is the halacha with regards to? So as we mentioned, slaughtering this animal, this bird specifically on Yom Tov, mi'mehazkinan reuta b'yom tov, no? Are we mehazik? we've addressed this word many times in Gemara, hazaka means I have a good reason to assume. Halachically, legally speaking, I can make an assumption. That's what the word hazaka means. Very often it'll be determined based on scientific reality, sometimes based on psychological reality. Uh, you might be familiar with different famous hazakas where certain halakhically speaking that this is the case because we have this information, because of your actions in the past. So the question is do we determine, according to halakha, re'uta biyom Do we assume that there's a problem, milashon ra re'uta, that there's an invalidating feature in this animal or not, do I assume that I can slaughter it, it has been around, the live 24 hours, I'll determine it afterwards, or alternatively, do I say, it's a little bit more dangerous over here, because keep in mind, I have an obligation to check it afterwards, I have an obligation because I have a specific fear beforehand, Amar leh The response in turn Of Rabbi To Rabbi Yirmiah Who was questioning this Rabbi Yirmiah said What's the halakha Amar leh tanina He says we have a mishnah Rabbi Colleague Don't you know there's a mishnah etareh <laughs> The mishnah told us That you're not allowed To light that fire To heat up the tiles On Yom Tov. And they addressed this issue In the Midrash Maika avid If you recall The question was What are you doing What's the issue With regards to heating up Those tiles Putting a fire underneath them On Yom Tov? And the opinion that we sort cited at the very top of the is that the issue is, which means to say, they are new, and in turn might become cracked or shattered. And as a result, I have a fear, I have a doubt, that this won't work out, the heating of these tiles will lead lead them to being unusable, and in turn it's asur, and as a result, the suggestion is so too over here. The slaughtering of this animal, the fact that there's an obligation to check it afterwards, because of a because of something that we see, so to speak, a blemish in it from beforehand, as Jared as Teddy were articulating, because I know something happened, I did wait the 24 hours, that perhaps should in turn say that I can't do this on Yom Amale. The response of Rabbi Miya is the reason I was asking this question, Rabbi Zera, is because <laughs> we have a different interpretation. We had two explanations at the top of the Amud. The second explanation that we had was the issue is specifically not about the fear that it might crack. We don't have such a fear. It's only because I finished the utensil by putting it in the fire. That means to say I have no proof from our Mishnah with regards to if I have a fear that something might happen, can I do it on Yom Tov? Because the reason that it was invalid is because it was a certainty. By putting it under the fire, it was going to harden it. At that, in turn, the Gemara is left with a safek. The Gemara, What's that? You don't do that. Um, you're saying you're calling this a gezir. I mean but there's no there's not two gezirot over no. here. No, in no. other words it's 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 the hachamim say don't do this because that might happen. The second thing was not assumed in a banan. The second thing is, is a problem in and of itself. So, as a result, it'll emerge that I was doing something for no reason. And so it means that the Gemara has no conclusion on this, right? Because we have two opinions at the top of the Amud. So you can compare them because the was in a ha- has nothing to do with this. It's to do with this. Ha- ha- That's right. That's right. La is direct, certain, Makib Patish. Uh, Levodkan would have been a pr- proof, But go ahead. Sorry, when they're making the title, they're probably finishing it off, but he, they don't want it to crack either the first time you use it. Of course, so, oh, it's not about whether I want it or I'm not. What I'm saying is when they're using it for the first time, the intention of the manufacturer is that it's complete when they're giving it to you. A hundred percent, but ultimately speaking, apparently, and we'll see this in a few moments with regards to ovens and double stoves and things of that sort as well, it always worked that way. The first time you were actually going to use it, even though you bought it from the manufacturer as such, I have to imagine, but I'm not certain I'll make this up, that they manufacture on purpose that way. In other words, you sold it, maybe you were able to, the fact that, I'm, I'm making this up, but you were the commercial retailer of this, or sort the of manufacturer, I don't want to finish it. I'll have more of a loss if I finish it, you buy it at your own risk. And it's not going to occur? What I'm saying is, no, clearly in the Gemara it's not, because it must have been that it was sold in a way that there wasn't that hazaka. This way you saved a little bit of money, and I made a little bit of money. seller. was it. a 50-50 chance that it might uh, w- Whatever the percentage was. I hear you 100% in terms of why would they do it that way, and I would imagine as a result that it was more expensive to buy the already burnt one-time thing. But so it was. Okay, so that's the Gemara onward. Tanya, uh, we have a beraita, and this beraita as well. Although it'll be in the context of melechit bishul on Shabbat, won't seem directly relevant to what we've been addressing. But it'll take a few moments for the Gemara to bring us back to our initial conversation at the top of the Amud. So this beraita again is in the context of Shabbat. And the melachot of havara and bishul. Havara is burning; is lighting a fire, and bishul, of course, is cooking. Tanya ehad mevi they ehad mevi etatzim, ehad shofet they ehad mevi etamaim, ehad noten betochot tevalin, ehad megiz kulan hayavin. The stem this beraita is if. Collectively, we decide, purposefully, uh, we're going to violate Shabbat. Why would we do so? Maba'aref. Uh, the same reason that someone was uh, throwing uh, birds, birds against the wall, yeah, right? So we decided we're going to violate Shabbat. And what do we want to do? We want to make food or we want to make stew or soup or something of that sort. And uh, we delegate jobs. So this, uh, one person is going to be in turn, says the beraita. If someone did the following, one person brought the starter of the fire. Uh, well, it'll emerge in a moment or two. It's a gahelet, right? It's a, uh, it's a kol. The other person brings uh, wood in order to continue the call, in order to really get it uh, lit properly. Another person brings the pot, places the pot on top of that. Okay, now the first two I kind of understand already, that will be melechet havara, right, you're burning. This next one, this third one, I'm placing a pot without anything in it. That's a and maybe that guy will be off the hook. Let's see in a second. had And then some person puts in water. All right, that's bishul, he put water onto an existing flame underneath. He's cooking the water, I know he's boiling the water. They natan tevalin, and a person who puts spices or anything inside of it, he's gonna be chayav as well, mevashel. Ve'chad megis, and the last one is stirring it. He's helping, he's aiding, he's speeding up the cooking process, in the words of Rashi. All of them, kulan hayavim, every single one of them is hayav. The hayav if they did it b'mezid, se if they did it hatat. But again, I ask you one more time, I understood all the cases except for that middle one. The person who places the pot on the fire, why is he hayav? Say if in the context of our Gemara, we already might have an inkling as to what's going on here. But before that, says the Gemara, but before that, we have an alternative beraita. Uh, we have a biraita which contradicts this. Aharon hayav peturin. Uh, this other biraita says uh, something very different. It doesn't say that if these several people come together and each one is delegated a different task, they're all Hayav. It says that the only one who's Hayav, the only one who's liable for punishment is the person who does the last action. Stir. The stirring. Oh, because he really puts it all together. At this point, stirring. we think the stirring. That's what it sounds like, doesn't it? Shabbat. Shabbat. Has to be Shabbat. Stirring is the last. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does say the Kulan Piturin, Patur. Patur sounds like they still had a rabbinic violation. Canon should be addressed separately. But uh, the statement over here is a blatant contradiction, whereas the first beraitah says every single one of them has an integral role in Melechet Shabbat. The second one says, only the last one says, the Gemara Lakashya, first and foremost, there's no contradiction. Don't read this as conflicting beraitot with regards to the same case. They're talking about different cases. Hadaayete ur meikara the difference between these two cases is the order of, of events. The first event, the fire was brought from the very onset. It means the fire was brought and the wood was added to it and so on and so forth. Every single one of them is part of the process. The second berayatah, which says only the last one's hayav, it's talking about when the fire was brought last. So as a result, Jesse, whereas we believed it, meant the one who's stirring, we're now defining it not as the one who's stirring, but the one who's finally lighting the fire. So all those actions were done beforehand. Then someone lit the fire. The only one who's gonna be Hayav is the one who lit the fire. Hayav means min We're not talking about Kulan Peturin means hayav patura Nobody's arguing that they okay. did the right thing per se. We still have the problem of the guy on the pot in the first. Says Mars, we still don't know what was wrong with the person who put the empty pot on top of the fire Says the Gemara, okay, we dealt with the contradiction But we still have that glaring difficulty which we picked in up that, on In that case, the fire was not lit In the first case, the fire was already lit Okay, I know where you're going The Gemara is going there Okay, say it. What do you want to say? says Bishlama, Bishlama, It's complete. It's understood. Kulehu, all of the individuals, ka'avde Maaseh, they're doing a forbidden action. They're doing Meleket Bishul, the cooking, the stirring was Bishul, the placing the water, the spices, etc. Or Havara, the starting the fire, the continuing the fire. Ela Shofetet Uh, However, in the case of just placing the pot on top, what did he do? That individual should be at least not Hayab. Uh, The suggestion, the final line of the Gemara is the reason there's a problem with regards to putting the pot onto the fire is because it's the first usage of the pot. The suggestion is it's, it's a clay, a clay pot. pot. The first usage of it in turn is not just a usage of it, it's a makkeh patish. It's a finishing it off, it's a hardening of Wait, the item. Like the tile. That's exactly why it's brought in the context of our Gemara. Um, that, that being the case, uh, so we then have uh, resolved this issue. So, again, let's just uh, review why did we just cite this all in the Gemara. We cite in the Gemara for the context of a problem with regards to, even though it appears as if I didn't do anything by placing that pot on what top of the fire, I was makiba patish. Well? Why, why it, would the washing would be a, a problem? It seems anything that's connected to this pot. But it's only because I'm okay. be like finishing top. the pot. No, 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 no. that, like, uh, uh, Oh, okay. Like, don't okay. Bring your if it, okay. What is? What's the point of the gemara? What's the relevance? If it's not, if the connection is not the uh from before. No, for sure it's the Maqib Patish. Why You said according to the Ran no. before, it was only Rashi who said it was the Maqib Patish that was the issue with the, with the Mukeli. You said the Ran has a different way of explaining the Gemara. No? Are you thinking about yesterday when I talked about Molid? Well, I mentioned the Ram before. Well, that's a different Ran. I didn't get up to that Ran. Uh, give me time. Well, I'm not even gonna get up to that. No, 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 that was, I mentioned it at that point, but it's it's for a different point later on. Uh, this top Tosafot, however, took, in their day, very practically. In their day, when apparently the first pots, again, potentially were not finished, says Tosafot, are we, are they, in turn allowed to take a pot and use it for the first time on the fire on Yom Tov? Again, Shabbat, we're going to have a problem of Melechet Mibashin. Are going to have all sorts of. It. On Yom Tov, would you for the first time be able to? Again, in today's day and age, we're not using these sorts of pots any longer. But in their day, when you're still using earthenware to the extent that from the first usage, the Gemara is telling us you harden it, says Tosafot at the top left hand corner, Dera Umishum Libun Re'afim and we're addressing in turn the issue of Libun Re'afim, parallel to our Mishnah. Absolutely. Why are you asking that question? Because of the Rashi? No, because when it says Qulan Hayabin in the Darayta, yeah. and we're saying that the one who put the pot on the fire. Is Ma I there's a de- I thought I gave you too much credit here. It's just, yeah, you've been away. You would have had the credit otherwise. Rashi, Rashi in, in the medium lines, Rashi, the last of the, me- you know, there's the narrow, then medium, and then uh, the fullest, uh, the, the, the medium lines, Rashi, on the right hand side, says, that's right. Says, Rashi, Mishum hach gezeragufa. That word gezerah is very strange in Russian. All the Aharonim yeah, yeah. question. Yeah. it's not a gezerah. We're talking <laughs> about the sumanat Torah, my kem patish, that's what I thought. But anyway, tosafot, top left-hand corner says, umishum libur me'afim na'ghe'uba, v'yesh. As a result, there are those who are careful, they make certain, not to, on Yom Tob, use for the first time a Kedera, their first time usage of a pot. Why so? Again, because of a Makayi B'Pati, of Libun Re'afim, of Chizuk, uh, of Isur lehaseman. What's that? What do you mean they're careful? Not they're careful means they hold it's not allowed. Says Tosafot, however, it is allowed. Says similar. We're going to talk about that later. It's an explicit Mishnah. Says says Tosafot velohi. However, Jesse, hang tight. Velohi, it's not so. Dehacha bektira rekhanit Deah shayach ba libun re'aphim she shofeta kodem she mevi hamaim. Avar kesh mevashelim ba ma'achal lo shayach ba libun re'afim. Tosafot, scientifically, it I appears, see. are being mechalek. They're being mechalek yeah. on a scientific level. The suggestion of Tosafot is when we read in the Beraita that the person was shofet at a kidera, it was an empty kedera. When we talked about libun re'afim in the Mishnah and the Gemara, we were talking about there was nothing in it or on it. There, you harden it by placing the fire under or on top of it. That's, that's in contrast, that's a ma'keb patish, that's in contrast to when I, on Yom Tob, if I were to determine I'm using my earthen Where my clay pot and I'm putting the food in it in order to cook it on Yom Tov. In such a circumstance, Tosafot suggests, it appears because the food is inside of it, you're not hardening it at the same time. The way you harden it is when it's empty and doesn't have the liquid in it or on it and as a result it becomes hardened. Suggests Tosafot, that's in contrast to what they would be doing or potentially wanting. But it's not even. Tosafot, I don't think that... No 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 no. Okay. Tosafot's but, not arguing it okay, happened. It's a nice suggestion, but Tosafot is suggesting Look at look at the words, unless I'm reading them wrong. It says, libun reafim. Mm-hmm. It's not a kavanah issue. You're yeah, you're yeah. you're doing a He's unscientific. Cool. So can you uh, use no, a no. tile, if you put food on the tile, a new tile, and then put it on the fire? Um, if you were to, you're saying, put the food directly onto the tile yeah. and then turn onto the fire, that would be mutar. according think, to, right? Right? to Tosafot, our mishnah is not such a circumstance, Our mm-hmm. mishnah is specifically no. okay. when the, fi- the food is not on it. It yeah. so should be not noted, just one second, rosh... Rosh in his commentary to the Gemara and his Pisakim in the back of the Gemara disagrees with Tosafot. It sounds like a scientific disagreement. His understanding is even when there is moisture in it, it still gets hard and then as a result you'd have a problem Ma kepadish.